and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, sit down, get ready, strap in. It is time for episode 133 of the Hop Nation USA podcast. I am one of your hosts, Adam, and we have a very special topic, and I'm not going to talk about it right now, but I am pumped. Okay. And uh, by all ages, we definitely mean people over 21. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's very true. Boys and girls over the age of 21. Yes. Uh, that voice you hear, that uh, that silky smooth velvet over there is Steve. Steve, you can do that again. Do what? There it is. Oh. Nice. It keeps happening. There it is. You can't stop it. You can't turn it off. Why? Oh. <laughs> and you ruined it. Good. I'm going home. It's cold out. No, you have to run the board. You're not allowed. We have two other guest mic here. They are hot on the mic. They are ready to drink some beer. They're here to talk some beer. First, we have Dennis Guy from the first sip brew box. Dennis, how you doing? Doing good. Happy to be back, Bugaboos. Did you know that Bugaboo is actually not a great thing to be called? I have no idea what it means, but my pop culture knowledge stopped in the early 2000s, uh, so I know very limited it's, things. It's actually kind of an insult. So. I'm pretty sure that word way predates the 2000s. It does. That's it a, really does. That sounds like something from 1925. That actually sounds like something Adam would use in his daily. That's some 23 it, skidoo shit. It sounds so nice and cuddly. Yeah, no, it's a fun word. It's nice and round. It's got plosives in it. It's a good word. Mm-hmm. But it's good to know what words you're using. Yeah. Right. right. It, it's kind I of like my own reality. It's kind of like the word cyanide. You take that word in and of itself, it's kind of a nice word. Like cyanide. Nope. It's soft. You know. But that's a, that's a word that people generally know what it means. <laughs> True. Know, it sounds too science bitch to me, so I can... <laughs> All right. Steve will not get behind that. <laughs> Things that end in I'd and it, nah, science like bitch that? words to me. All right, then. <laughs> you have motivated me to check out the Urban Dictionary on Bugaboos. Don't check the Urban Dictionary. Check the regular dictionary. <laughs> it's in there. Oh. It's yeah. a real word. <laughs> yeah. It's... I had no idea. This ain't, it's not ratchet. You know, ratchet has urban dictionary <laughs> definitions right. and i feel like a lot of urban uh dictionary type words sometimes eventually become actual words yeah no that does right. happen but that no i'm true. saying this is bugaboo is a real word that's been around for a w- long time yeah it, it it predates urban dictionary <laughs> so while dennis is realizing the error of his ways uh on mic number four we call it number four but really it's one d uh we have brian llewellyn brian welcome back to the show Thanks for having me back. We are happy to have you here. He is one of our homebrewing extraordinaires. We're glad you're back. That's it. That's all there is to it. Yeah, that's true. I'm happy. We, we also have a reason for bringing Brian on. And it, oh, relates, it relates to the theme. It relates to the theme. So why don't you introduce the theme and then we can tell why Brian's on. Yes. The reason Brian is on is we are having a motorsports theme for the podcast this week. There are three major events going on this weekend. As you listen to this on Friday, as you should, there are three major events. Number one, NASCAR is wrapping up their season. They're going to have their championship weekend down in Miami. Number two, NHRA is going to finish up their season in Pomona, California. They're going to crown some champions there. And number three, and the biggest reason that Steve is letting me do this, is there is a (laughs) cinematic release. So that, that, you know, 
scratches his itch of the uh, I assume it's going to be a, an absolute juggernaut but the movie Ford versus Ferrari which showcases the uh, the efforts of Ford in the 1966 24 hour of Le Mans it's hmm. got bad day man Batman yeah so this is a true Adam episode it is he gets to have a theme and he got to pick all the beers tonight but uh, because Dennis and I don't know shit about motorsports, zero. Yeah, uh, we thought it best to find somebody who does, and that is Brian. Yes. So hopefully, Brian and Adam will have a good conversation while Dennis and I drink. Oh, we will. <laughs> I can get down for that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Before we get into that, I do have to go back just a little bit. Dennis, can you tell the people what a bugaboo is? I sure can, Adam. As soon as I put my password in, <laughs> it is an object of fear or alarm. And then it says a bugbear. Yeah. So I guess a bugaboo. It, so using it in a sentence, one of my favorite bugaboos, the tickling biological clock. All right. That was the worst mm-hmm. example sentence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but okay, I will continue to use it because uh, it doesn't seem very controversial. So no, every it's t- not controversial. Yeah. It's just yeah. the opposite of what you wanted. Yeah. You're basically <laughs> calling everybody a rock in your shoe. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you're doing. Yeah. Well, joke's on you. I love rocks in my shoes. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> learning so much today. It's been, what, three minutes? We need a beer. Yep. Obviously, since this is a huge motorsports weekend, we need to be drinking some beers that are themed along motorsports and cars and things of that nature. So, Steve, are you willing, are you able to introduce the first beer of the episode? I'm willing and able, but I don't really care <laughs> well too bad and you'll find out why in just a second because slather a smile on your face <laughs> i could see steve's excitement from over here the uh the first beer of the evening following this motorsports theme is called garage beer damn right <laughs> nothing wrong with that but it's a premium lager damn That's right why i don't care <laughs> uh it is coming from the braxton brewing company out of covington kentucky it has uh, 4% on the ABV and 12 on the IBUs, so it all fits into that premium lager category. It also is made with Pilsner malt and a single edition of Magnum Hop. I appreciate the Magnum, hmm. and I'll tell you why. Not because of the hop itself, but, but that's because that's the name of a Mopar engine, the Magnum. Oh, I did not know that. Yes, so I'm tying that in. I'm saying that's a, that's a double up. We've got the garage beer. It's a Magnum Hop. I love it. It's going to be awesome. Even if it's fermented on the wrong end for Steve, I don't care. I'm going to like it. You go with Magnum PI, too, for Ferrari. Oh, that's right. Get some of that 308 action. Steve, thank you for pouring this beer, this garage beer, fresh from Kentucky. There's one thing I have to say about this beer. It ain't much to look at, and the reason I say that is it is exceedingly light. Yeah. uh, Exceedingly clear. Yeah. (laughs) I've had pisses darker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um it, it it's very very clear, so it's at least got that going for it. I I don't know, man, it just looks like one drop of yellow dye <laughs> fell into it. <laughs> and I feel like I'm I'm cool with loggers, but I've never had a good logger that started out with the word premium. If you have to throw premium mm, yes. in front of things, mm. that's it's probably not. And, yeah. <laughs> 
outside of fuel. <laughs> right. right. Well, you know that, what? I think it's, it's only contribution. beer that I think it's only beer that that applies. Yeah. <laughs> like you can get premium other things. You can get premium packages on, you know, like different software programs and right. those are better. Premium fuel is better. Everything else that you get a premium on is good. It's just anytime there's premium beer. Right. It's, huh? <laughs> it's like they're trying no, to make up for it. Right. <laughs> on the nose, uh it's a lager. Yep. Yep. It uh this to me is the personification of a VFW beer. Yeah. Let's drink it. Mm. Yep. It's a VFW beer. Now I know Steve is not going to like that. Nope. However, <laughs> I I I know why they did it this way and I understand the thought process of what they were going for in this beer. Oh yeah, sure sure, so do I. I just don't like that though. <laughs> <laughs> This is this is not a knock on them. They've perfectly captured, you know, a VFW blue collar. You know, just this is the beer that you drink when you're puttering around in the garage. Yeah, it's a it's a replacement for macros, right? And that's fine, but I don't like that beer. So, eh. <laughs> you, you did it good. You did it good because I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very plain. Very yes, plain. it is a straightforward beer. Yeah, if my dead grandfather wasn't dead, this is something he'd be stripping wires to. Mm-hmm. I don't know why grandfathers do that. It's got the copper in it. Right. He, he would just constantly strip wire he found. Mm-hmm. Different then generation, save it. man. Yeah, he'd save it and then go turn it in with <laughs> all the cans he crushed. Yep. Turn on the pickle and then just jam out to the Beach Boys. The pickle? Shit. Yeah. It was probably AM radio he was listening to. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think... Uh, so I'm down with loggers. If this was on at my local pub, I'd slam a few of these back mm-hmm. before I, you know, or or it's a good way to end the night after you had a couple of dippers. Yeah. And I could just yeah. slide into these and just go into cruise control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is definitely, I've I've already drank my palate, destroyed. Yeah. And then I can just drink whatever. So yeah. A coaster. <laughs> you can yeah. use this as a coaster to just sort of coast through the rest of the day. Maybe this is something you drink in the second half of the game. Mm-hmm. Because you know you right. want to maintain, but you don't want to go buck wild. Right. Grab one of these, or like I said, if you're puttering in the garage, you got a Saturday afternoon afternoon project. Yeah, grab one of these. Grab a six pack. I think you'll be all right. <laughs> you'll need about a six pack. <laughs> yeah, maybe even a twelve. Right. <laughs> Take two. They're small. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Depends on how many birdhouses you have to build, but it could be a thirty rack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> If you believe in yourself. How many are you putting together, Steve? I don't know. That's why I'm saying you've got to judge it for yourself. Yeah, about a 30 racks worth. Yeah. I feel like that Minnesota accent's about to come out. You're wow. out there building birdhouses. They ain't getting it. Birdhouses don't stop till the beer is gone. Yeah. Are you building birdhouses just for yourself, or are you building birdhouses for all your grandkids? Mm-hmm. Yeah, only yeah. close friends just and family. For, yeah. Just for yourself, six, you know, a sixer. For everybody, nah, that's a 30 rack day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's time for our favorite segment of segment one, news, notes, and neat. The only segment I can contribute to. Hooray! <laughs> oh, don't worry. You're going to contribute. Oh, good. Because you got segment two, right? Nope. Oh, this is going to be a short episode. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> do we want to start with uh, making fun of somebody, or do we want to make fun of a giant corporation? Jesus, this sounds like high school. <laughs> I, don't, I only got two... <laughs> I got two news stories. It's a bit light, but there's a pretty big news story that happened this week. Let's go with so, the big uh, the big corporation. We always like beating up on them. Okay, so, I mean, I'm sure you've heard by now, but AB InBev is set out to purchase the Craft Brew Alliance. Yes. 
which is interesting because we reported earlier in the year that they weren't going to do it. And we were right at the time. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it came about that they have this deal with the Craft Brewer Alliance. And for those of you who don't know, Craft Brewer Alliance is made up of a number of craft breweries, including Kona and Omission and Red Hook and Widmer Brothers. So they've had this distribution deal with AB InBev for the past couple years. And it came up in October that they could, AB InBev could purchase the Craft Brewer Alliance. And it would have cost them close to 500 million dollars if they did it ab InBev passed because that's too much yes <laughs> in doing so in passing ab InBev had to pay a 20 million dollar penalty to the craft brewer alliance though what i didn't expect to happen because i didn't think about it because i'm not that kind of an economist is the stock on craft brewer alliance tanked mm. and dropped from about 17 dollars to seven dollars got smoked yes that's that's huge <laughs> yeah so now uh ab InBev has agreed to purchase the craft brewer alliance for even cheaper than what they would have had to have paid for it back in october someone was planned in this somebody planned it somebody saw it happening somebody a lot smarter than us yep. yeah yeah somebody a lot smarter than us <laughs> someone's getting a hell of a christmas bonus that's yeah. for sure <laughs> so originally if they bought it back in october they would have had to pay 22 dollars a share and that would have led to about you know, five hundred million dollars. They're now paying sixteen fifty a share, and that's about three hundred and twenty-one million dollars. Which, even if you add on that twenty million dollar penalty, still cheaper. Yeah. Wow. About one hundred and fifty million plus. Yeah. 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 It's a stupid number. Yeah. So yes, they've got a nice, they got a nice deal on it, and uh, you know, after the announcement. The stock of Craft Brewer Lines shot back up to about 16 and a quarter. <laughs> Basically, so. almost made their money back. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm wondering if the SEC is going to take a look at this. I would assume that they would. Probably. The, the, the whole thing isn't supposed to be finalized until 2020, mm -hmm. but this is where they're at. Right. Yeah. I, I, I assume when you're getting into hundreds of millions... You know, SEC is going to Somebody looks. Around. Yeah. Somebody looks for a second. It, it, it does not have the best look. No, it really doesn't because it looks like they... The, yeah, yeah, it looks like it's possible that they planned it that mm -hmm. way to tank craft brew and then get it for cheaper on yes. the back end. Right. Yep. Well, the first thing they have to do is change the name because it would no longer be Craft Brew Alliance. What is it? Craft Beer Alliance? I believe it's Craft Brew Alliance. Craft Brew Alliance. Because mm -hmm. the stock symbol is brew. B-R-E-W. Well, they'll have to change that. Uh, yeah, I think it just gets all absorbed into the high end mm. is what it does. Cause I And I think the real goal is they really want to buy Kona as a brand. I don't think they give a shit that much about the other ones, but you kind of take it as a package deal. Right. Although I could see them playing around with Omission a bit more. Yeah. Trying to get into that realm. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Orox is going to crush them anyways. Well, Orox is a better product. True. <laughs> True. Much better. But yeah, they yeah they might be able to, they would get possibly a wider distribution with Omission, but I don't know how much wider that would be, simply because I don't know how many states Omission's in right now. I know versus of, what it could be in. Right, I know of one. Yeah, it's in PA, Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah it's that's in PA for sure. <laughs> <laughs> because admittedly, I don't go looking for it. No, yeah, I don't I, go looking for it either. But I, have I no reason to. Yeah, I assume because they already have that deal with AB and Bev, it's in a lot of places. Mm -hmm. Maybe it just expands to all 50 states. Right. Who knows? Yeah. 
So, yeah, I thought that was interesting that that was happening. Would you like to know something else that's interesting? Sure. Uh, Epstein didn't kill himself. No, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know that because a lot of memes tell me so. Yeah, and would you like to know how I found out about that? Oh, how did you find oh, out? I yeah. found out about that from the Tactical Ops Brewing in Fresno, California. Huh. Oh, boy. Yes, because what they decided to do was they printed it on the bottom of the can oh, uh, yeah. along with the date stamp. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's actually pretty freaking cool. That's uh, They uh, they jumped on that uh, that meme real quick. I, uh, I You know what? I like that a lot better than there's just a number of breweries that it came out with beers. Yeah. That say that were named that. Mm-hmm. I I like this better because it's just like a secret little message. It's it's rather a bit than subtle. Just, yeah. It's yeah. yeah. It's more subtle. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Uh, it uh, it released one batch of cans with the stamp, uh, about fifty four packs worth. Uh, they did it just to just to kind of be part of it. Yeah, that's fine. They're just being silly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they 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 played with the machine a little bit. The machine. <laughs> put it in there. Put it on the cans, and and that's it. Yeah. Threw it out there. They're done. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I, I think the other breweries that go out of their way to name beers, Epstein didn't kill himself and stuff. Just like, ah, come on. That's a little too much. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're looking for a little bit more national treasure. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, exactly. And what's the style of Epstein doesn't kill him, didn't kill himself? <laughs> like, it, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> so who's the first brewery to put the angry lady and the cat on their label? Ooh, oh, I haven't seen that, that one yet. No. I wouldn't be surprised. Who's going to be? Oh, it, honestly, it's some podunk somewhere probably already. <laughs> some backwards asshole. <laughs> I'm looking at you, New I, Mexico. I, I bet you it was a home brewer for sure. Home brewers have already done. Oh yeah, it, oh, yeah, without a doubt. Right. So is that, that you're. That was it. That's okay. just a quick hitter. Okay. I, just, I, I, I got another quick hitter. Letting everybody know. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I got another quick hitter. Phil Mickelson, lefty. He's a golfy. He's a golfy. He's a golfy. <laughs> I assume that's what he does. He swings the golf bats. Yeah, he swings the golf bats out on the golf field. (laughs) (laughs) He is partnering with Amstel Light. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) To make money? That's got to be the only reason. (laughs) It's definitely not for charity. (laughs) Yeah, Phil Phil Mickelson is the new spokesperson for Amstel Light. Great. Yeah. <laughs> like, I read that. I was like, who the fuck cares? <laughs> I, yeah, what am I going to continue to not buy Amsdale Light? Right, exactly. One, when's the last time any, or if he, we've ever, because I don't think I've ever drank Amsdale. No. I can't remember the last time I saw it. Yeah. I, I, right. I know of it. Right. So there's that. And then two... Phil Mickelson himself fell out of the top 50 golfers. <laughs> Whoops. Ooh. So who the fuck? <laughs> this is like me promoting a pizza joint. <laughs> How good's that pizza? It's Choo Choo Charlie's. <laughs> oh, that's that's got to be a personal endorsement. Pretty much. Because that's not going to be an endorsement of this show. It's not, it's not even an endorsement for the uh, pizza. It's an endorsement for the caboose sandwich. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, yeah. They have some of the greasiest pizza I've ever had. But sandwiches are pretty good. Sandwiches is mm. fire. All right. I get in on that but it sandwich is, life. It is a grease pie. <sighs> yeah. Ta- Italian hoagie is mama. <laughs> I had uh, a slice down in uh, East Liberty, Pittsburgh, and a shop called Capri's. 
you know you're in for a good time when the first half of the pizza joint is a full bar. Mm. Yeah. Then it's a walk-up pizza counter. And the pizza was good, but the pepperonis crisped up. Yeah. And they became little oh, yeah. grease cups. Like yes. They, they, it was just like was a best. shot of grease in every one. <laughs> yeah, that's the best. When you get the little grease cup. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Choo Choo Charlie's is all grease. <laughs> <laughs> it's not contained to it's a cup. grease plate. <laughs> okay. Ooh. Ooh. So, Sorry, Choo Choo Charlie's. I'm sure nobody over there listens to this. <laughs> Sandwich is still good. <laughs> yeah, this, you just got to accentuate the positive. Yeah. Sandwich is still good. <laughs> so, yeah, I yeah, back to the Phil Mickelson Amstel story. That's it. <laughs> it's... It, it, he's not even good enough to promote Heineken, he, oh, <laughs> which is the parent brand of Amstel. So. All right, they're like, yeah. Yeah, throw him a bone. Yeah, give him, give him the shitty brand. <laughs> Was there any word on how much he's getting paid? Uh, it so it seems like it's an actual partnering deal. Okay, so where Amstel has to make money before he can make money. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So it is for charity. I guess so. <laughs> like it, he, there has to be significant improvement in the brand. To prove that he was worth, oh. yeah, he gets a lifetime supply. He might probably a six pack. <laughs> That's a lot of birdhouses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he uh, in like in the article they're showing like he was doing some small promotion on uh, Twitter for for the brand. Okay, and like the the only two things he said were not great for the brand. Oh, the the one the one he replied of like somebody on Twitter said I want to have all the beers with Phil. And Phil replied, only Amstel and only once a month. (laughs) (laughs) So apparently he only drinks Amstel, but that only happens once a month anyway. So don't go too hard. Straight from his doctor? (laughs) Yeah. Like, don't go too hard on the Amstel. Like, one a month is, that's plenty. It's either there's an underlying health condition or he's only going to drink it because that's his, that's what he's repping. And what kind of brittle nature do you have that you can only have one Amstel a month? (laughs) Well, you got to remember his audience as well. Not exactly the Xennials. Pregnant women can drink more than one Amstel. <laughs> well, I actually think that's their main demographic. No, okay. He does do commercials for some drug company. No. Surprise I me. Can't, sure. Can't remember which one it is. Uh, hmm. Hair loss. Why not? <laughs> Hair loss or testosterone <laughs> loss or boner pills. It's that's one of those three. That's usually what's in golf magazine. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those Damn. three. <laughs> well, you that's guys the demo. Scratching all them off for sponsorships. <laughs> yeah, that's the demo. Old guys with no hair whose dicks don't work. You, you, <laughs> <laughs> it normally comes hand in hand. Yeah. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's the problem. It doesn't come hand in hand. That's why you need the pills. They ain't trying hard enough. <laughs> Sheer perseverance, Adam. Sheer perseverance. <laughs> Which brings us to our new sponsor, BlueChew.com. <laughs> So I take their money. I don't care. I'll take anybody's money. I don't give a shit. There you I just go. Need money. <laughs> yeah, you have like a dog fighting ring at this point. I'm jeez. Oh, <laughs> Sponsored I, by uh, Hot Nation USA. Yeah, uh, I might bow out on that one. <laughs> bow out. Bow out on that one. <laughs> oh, uh, well, before we get into all of that, mm-hmm. that we're not going to get into the Braxton. Garage beer. Yeah. Uh, you guys had a little bit more opportunity to sip on it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Damn, Steve. <laughs> Even your yeahs are rough. <laughs> I'm just saying. We know where I'm at with this. <laughs> yes. Yes, I'm seeing this. And that's okay. I don't think it's it, it's brewed to be a super complex, you know, 
beer to be deconstructed and analyzed. It's a garage beer. Flavor would be nice, though. It's garage beer. <laughs> Just, it's not one of the ingredients that you... <laughs> They went light on that one ingredient. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was sold out. I was fine with it because they they state exactly what it's for. There's not much pretentiousness going on with this beer. You have to be honest. Yeah, no, I already said they hit it out of the park. They aimed true. Yeah. And they got what they wanted. It's just not what you want. Right. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, yeah there you go. All right. All right. Dennis, thought. <laughs> Uh, so it's definitely a good drinker for me. I can slam a few of those, no problem. I just wish it had maybe had something a little more on the nose and a slightly hoppier backbone, just mm-hmm. a little something. Yeah. But a six pack and me, uh, that's a good night. Yeah. Brian? Yeah, I drink it over Budweiser or Bud Light or Miller Light or anything mm. like that. It's it's not bad. It's just light and it does exactly <laughs> what it's supposed to do. Yeah. Right. It is what it is. Okay, it is what it is. <laughs> On that note, we'll take a break and come back with segment two. First Sip Brew Box is a one-of-a-kind subscription service for craft beer lovers based right here in Pittsburgh. Every month, First Sip will send you a box full of craft beer enthusiast essentials, including t-shirts, glassware, and even food. Right now, our friends at First Sip Brew Box have an offer for you. Just sign up for a three-month subscription and get your fourth month free. Just enter the code HOPUSA when you sign up at FirstSipBrewBox.com. That's H-O-P-U-S-A at checkout to get your fourth month free at FirstSipBrewBox.com. All right, welcome back, everybody. We took four tires. We got new fuel ready to go to put into our tanks. It's time for segment two of episode 133 of the Hop Nation USA podcast. This is our motorsports special. Vroom, vroom. Dennis is hyped, I can tell. Oh, yeah. I assume that's what you're going for. <laughs> Again, I, I, I go so far, then there's a hard stop. <laughs> Dennis, what is the next beer we're going to drink here tonight? We have coming up from a brewery in Scotland, Harveston Brewery. I'm sure I'm putting an American spin on that brewery name because I'm not Scottish. It is called Old Engine Oil. It is a black ale. It's described as viscous, chocolatey, and roasty. And a fun fact about this brewery, their original brewmaster, Ken, actually used to make uh, Ford Motor Company prototypes of wooden blocks. Oh, right Which on. is super cool. Hmm. So let's go ahead and crack this open, since it's a direct opposite of what we just had. Absolutely. It's a good second beer. Yes, Great. it is. And while you're pouring that out, I'll, I'll give you a quick rundown of a few other uh, Scottish exports that you should know about. Fried chicken. No. No, uh, that is true. Anyways... Uh, a couple of, uh, I'll say, famous race car drivers that you should know about if you don't know anything about race car driving. Number one, Jim Clark. Uh, he was heavily involved in Formula One back in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Dario Franchitti, which is the least Scottish name I've ever heard. Yeah. If anything, you would think he, uh, that'd be a good Italian boy. Yeah, that's a real bibbidi-bobbidi-boopity. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you want to put those words to it, sure. <laughs> sure. Colin McRae, he is a world champion uh, rally driver. I remember his PlayStation game. It was the shit. It's the only thing I remember. <laughs> it was the shit. And if I remember correctly, Colin McRae ran the, uh, the World Rally Blue Subaru, which is... A fantastic car. Mm. Blue Subaru, gold wheels. It's like one of the only cars in the world that can get away with gold wheels. 
That's pretty cool. Quote me on that. <laughs> <laughs> and last and certainly not least, the man, the myth, the legend, Sir Jackie Stewart. Ooh. I don't know. You is. don't know who Jackie Stewart is? Did he have a PlayStation game? No, he was before PlayStation. Well, then, fuck him. I don't know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Steve's whole fact fact book is built on PlayStation games. That, well, PlayStation or Game Boy, because I remember oh, yeah. I only know Bill Elliott because he had a Game Boy game. So. Oh, all right, then. Yeah. <laughs> I, you have the premium, uh, the Amazon Prime, correct? I do. Uh, they have a, a pseudo-documentary called One that goes through the Formula One races of the 60s and 70s. Uh-huh. Check that out. And Jimmy Stewart was... Sir Jackie Stewart. Right. <laughs> Jimmy Stewart. Was he a racer or an owner or an, <laughs> he was he was a right a, a grease monkey or no, no he was a, a champion race car driver. Le champion? Yes. <laughs> yes, world champion. Okay. He won the big trophies. So he had, he got to have a little bit of the bubble. Yeah. We'll get into that a little bit too <laughs> okay. uh, during this segment. Um, but first let's get over to this uh, old engine oil. First things first, after we poured this out, this is the exact opposite of the uh, the lager that Braxton put together, that yes. garage beer. This is not that. This is all the color now. <laughs> yes, this is this is old engine oil. Right. I agree. Exactly with that. what it looks like. <laughs> like you went way past how long you should have before the last oil change. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you're gonna have to. Uh, yeah, you're gonna have to pull the valve covers after pouring this shit out. To make sure it's not all gummed up. <laughs> gummed up. That's gummed like a up. 1984 porn flick down in Soviet Russia. <laughs> You've been hanging out with Darren too much. <laughs> that is also true. <laughs> I found out he's actually a neighbor of mine. Oh, yeah? He lives a quarter mile away. <laughs> oh, right on. <laughs> Who the hell's Darren? Couch uh, Brewery. Oh, never mind. All right. Yeah, there you go. All right. <laughs> Damn it, Adam. <laughs> all right, back to this beer. Back to the old engine oil. Uh, on the nose... Yeah. Super roasty. roasty. Yeah. Like, they're not lying about that. Yeah. And it does not smell like old engine oil, which is a huge plus in my book. That's a big plus. Yes. Yeah. Fan. I'm a I've fan. never changed my own oil. So. Really? Yeah. Why not? Because it's so cheap. <laughs> they just go have but someone else do it. cheaper if you do it yourself. Not that much cheaper to make it worth it. Now, changing brakes, I agree 110%. Oh, yeah. That makes it way worth it. Pads, rotors, I'll do that all day. But there's just too much. Just ah. too much. Too messy. Got to dispose of it. That's fine. You just take it down to advance. I'll take it. I can go. I'll get you at every corner. I don't care. <laughs> this is not an argument worth having with him. <laughs> I know. I also have a dumpster at my place. I guess I could just put it in there, even though that's frowned upon. <laughs> Very much so. But it's. I guess it's better to just straight down the drain. That's true. That, again, that's why I'm doing my civic duty. In paying someone to change my Enforcing Jimmy yeah. Lube to do it for him. Right. You throw this out. Not I don't me. trust me not to do that. <laughs> He's being a good citizen of the earth. <laughs> we are going way off course here. We need the course correct. We need to keep it back between the mustard and the mayo. Ew, it's, it's the yellow line and the white line. Yeah. The mustard yeah. and the mayo. I thought of an actual sandwich with right. mustard and mayo. It's disgusting. That's what? Mayo? Ma- having, no, no. Oh. Mayo and mustard together on a sandwich. That's not disgusting. I've seen I it. I think it is. Oh, I've seen escargot too. It's still disgusting. Well, <laughs> well, on the burger. Oh. Yeah. yeah. On the burger. I still like them separate. Okay. Like it's either I want mayo or I want mustard. 
But this so you, whole conversation okay. was designed to bring us back to the beer. <laughs> and and nothing of the sort. It bounced right off. Now, it doesn't me. matter if you add ketchup <laughs> into the whole I actually situation as well? I despise ketchup 100%. Really? My wife also despises ketchup. When I found out that fact, we got married. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's helpful. That's fair. I ain't giving no ketchup kisses. It's disgusting. <laughs> ketchup kisses. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like getting kissed by a smoker, oh. but, but it's no. tomato-based. <laughs> Absolutely. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> So on the beer taste, to bring it back, I can bring it back. Yes. I'll make it stick. Yeah. Make it happen. <laughs> it's got flavor. Hooray. <laughs> yeah. It has flavor. Like it sat in an old coffee can for like four decades. It's uh yeah. It's, it's something. It's roasty. You guys aren't fans? Not it's particularly. Not it's better Interesting. Than the last one. Come to my side, it's Dennis. A, it's a lot. It is a it's lot. It's a lot. Yeah, if it would be if it would have been balanced out by a little bit more of that chocolatey, I think it would be perfect. But they Agreed. doubled down on the roast, and I love coffee beers, mm -hmm. but this is a different breed. Yeah, this is this is all roast. Yeah, it's all. I, I will give it that. It's all roast, and it says like thick chocolatey. I don't think any of us are getting chocolate. No, not no. at all. No, uh, it's pretty damn bitter though. Yeah. Yes, which doesn't bother me. But it's not a hop bitter it's a coffee bitter yeah which yeah. that still doesn't bother me right but like and i think that's just my palate because i've stated a number of times i don't like sour beers right and i really enjoy bitter i enjoy coffee beers i enjoy mm. you know anything that's extra hoppy because of that bitterness so yeah all of that works for me so i don't know this beer is kind of like working it. for me interesting yeah, the more, more I, you drink it. The table is divided. I want <laughs> it to work for me, and it's not that it's too bitter or too roasty. It's just it's not accompanied by anything else. When it's only okay. that, it's a little, it's different. Yeah. And I couldn't, I definitely couldn't have a whole pint. Like, is this the type of beer you're having back to back? No. Just one and done. This is one with like a meat pie Ooh, or whatever the hell they serve in Scotland. <laughs> I could see this pairing well with a bowl of ice cream. Whoa! Yeah. No, no, not pouring it in there. Like, no, nah, even still, vanilla yeah. ice cream and yeah, that. I think yep. that would be so? good. Yep, I think the it's... sweetness and the creaminess from the ice mm -hmm. cream. The division continues. <laughs> <laughs> Further divided the pie. Right. <laughs> we have transcended just beer. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't like, think it would, I think it would go well with just like roast beef. Oh, I think mm, the vanilla yeah. and the ice cream would. That's what I was thinking. It might. Point. It Smooth might bring it that sweetness yep. right. that you're looking Smooth for. It out a little bit. All right. You might have me convinced. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the fence, but I'd be willing to try it. But that's because I'm gross and I just drink Four loco on a whim. So <laughs> why the fuck would I deny ice cream? Steve doesn't say no too often. No. <laughs> Wait a minute. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> get it? <laughs> ba -da -ba -ba -da -ba. Moving on. That'd be a good beer to cook with, actually. Yeah. I can see I can, that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you could braise some beef with this. Yeah. Mm. All right. Yeah. Now I'm getting I'm with that too. We're coming up with shit. All right. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Good. Good. Dennis, I have yes. a question for you. Yes. Why are Ferraris red? I cannot see red, so I don't know. Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Steve made a comment so many episodes back that you literally forget every episode. <laughs> I, I, admittedly, that is not something that I really should keep registered. I don't oh, know why I You're would. right. You should remember facts about your friends. That's, That's true. Fine. Friends. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I overstepped this relationship. <laughs> nah, Dennis, we're friends. 
I will say it on Thank this you. show. <laughs> My number has went back up to six. <laughs> nice. Neat. It was teeter-tottering there for a second. <laughs> it's a little shaky, but he's still got more than one hand of friends. <laughs> so Albeit, right. I do lose the ability to say I can count all my friends on one hand. <laughs> so I cannot use that. <laughs> I mean... Just kick Steve off there. You'll be fine. Oh, Hell yeah. No way. I'm out. <laughs> so, Brian, I will turn the question to you. No, Why no, I... no. Ask me. Brian might know the answer. I don't. Oh, okay. oh you don't? All right. <laughs> Steve, why are Ferraris red? Oh, I don't know. All right. <laughs> I was gonna, I was say, I was gonna say, go around the table to who doesn't know, and then ask Brian because he might know. Well, it turns the, out none of you the know. Best shot. <laughs> yeah. Turns out none of you do. Just, nope. Just for me, assume all these are new facts. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Oh, wait. I got an answer now. Is it a realistic answer? Uh, yeah. Does it involve marinara sauce? Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> should I not? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Damn it. <laughs> Wait, is that a hint? No. Uh, no, it's not a hint. It's just to keep me from saying slurs against the Italians. Yeah. Oh, it's just 133 episodes. Yep. I pick up you, a couple you, of things. You knew where that was going. Yeah, he just kind of knew where I was going to shoot. <laughs> Would you like to know why Ferraris are red? Yeah. Yes. So Ferraris are red because back in the very early days of auto racing, auto racing was more of an international sport that involved whole countries rather than individual teams. So to differentiate between each individual country, each country had their own specific color assigned to them. And the Italians, and Ferrari, seeing as they are Italian, uh, used red cars. So a lot of times your Alfa Romeos, your Lamborghinis, your Ferraris... Uh, your Maseratis in the early days were red. Hmm. There you go. How about that? Interesting. Fun, Fun fact. Yes. What about the Ducatis? Ducati is a bike, but that is they Italian, and they are red. Yeah. Were they Super GT red? Yeah. I don't know. That's not enough wheels for me to care. Okay. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Too less. Too less. That's right. I need. I need four. And maybe a windshield. Fair enough. That's the end of motorcycle talk because that's all I know about <laughs> that's motorcycles. A, yeah, right. <laughs> if you don't like them, then we're off. <laughs> yeah. We're done. The reason I bring Ferrari up is we're going to have a bit of a discussion on Ferraris versus Fords. The, uh, the new upcoming movie that is uh, going to be released today because you're listening on Friday. As you should. As you should. Uh, Ford versus Ferrari, which highlights the 1966 24 Hours of Le Mans. Hmm. I don't know what any of that means. 24 learn. hours is a day. <laughs> <laughs> so the 24 hours of Le Mans is an endurance race that takes place in France every year. Uh, that it has no set distance to it. It is based on time. How far can you go in 24 hours? Oh, wow. Period. So it's kind of opposite of a lot of the other races that you see where, okay, you have... 500 miles or you have a quarter mile or you have to get from Paris to Dakar. It's not that. It's time. How far can you go in a time? How many laps can you do? Right. No, oh, yeah, yeah. So it's yes. not just go on the open road. No, it's not go on the open road. It's not, it's not a, hey, I made it to St. Petersburg. Hey, I made it to... <laughs> hey, guys, I don't know how to get back. Hey, I'm somewhere in China. Is that farther? I don't know. You're like, ah, you win. What's interesting is the 24-hour Le Mans is partially uh, taking place on public roads, even to, uh, even to today. 
hmm. some of the roads that are uh, part of the circuit. Uh, I always have trouble pronouncing it. Uh, the circuit de la Sarth. Sarth. Uh, Brian, help me out on that yeah, one. Yeah, they're pretty close. It's pretty close, yeah. Uh, but there is a portion of it that is actually public roads that, uh, aside from race weekends and practice weekends, you can drive on. Huh. That's pretty cool. Quick sort of side question. Yes. Doesn't uh, the Pittsburgh Grand Prix... With the old ass cars run the on vintage. public roads? Yes. yes. The vintage, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, in Shenley Park. Yeah, that runs on public, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Obviously, they closed them down that weekend. That's how you make it local. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I've got Steve more local. Back oh, good. Yeah. I've, got, I've got local. It actually ties in with, uh, with Ford as well. But we're going to go all the way back to 1963. Uh, the race started back in the 20s. All, we don't need to get into that. Uh, I could go an entire episode on this, on this race. But I'm going to start in 1963. And what happened was Ford, Henry Ford II, also known as the Deuce. Okay. I am not joking. That's, I believe it. He was interested in upping Ford's uh, racing program. Uh, they had been heavily involved in NASCAR and uh, Indianapolis racing, the Indi-, Indy 500. I think that was USAC was the organization that ran at the time. But they wanted to up their program, so... Deuce approached Enzo Ferrari, who is obviously the founder of Ferrari, saying, hey, we want to buy you out. We want to bring you under the Ford umbrella. And everything was going well until Enzo Ferrari found out that Ford was not going to let Enzo keep control of uh, the Ferrari racing program. I believe they call it Scuderia Ferrari, uh, I believe is the name that they call that that arm of Ferrari. But uh, Enzo said, if you're not going to let me run my cars, the deal is off. What essentially happened was he found out that they weren't going to be able to run the Indy 500. Hmm. That was the one event that they said, nope, you can't run it because we already have Ford engines running it. We don't want to have Ferrari engines running in it. So, too bad. We're not going to let you run. So, Enzo said, too bad. You're not getting my company. And uh, that pissed Deuce off a little bit because they had already spent millions and millions of dollars going through the books, getting everything organized. And at the last second, they said, nah, we're good. Go away. So Ford said, well, to hell with you. We're going to go beat you on your own track. And thus, pettiness was born. And that's all this is. This entire thing is based on pettiness. And then decades actually, later, this is what this new movie is about? Yes. Is this, yeah. this yes. squabble? He actually yeah. told them to go over there and kick his ass. Yep. That's okay. I, I may rent this movie now. So, of course, what did they do? Did they hook up with an American company first? No. No, they actually hooked up with a British company. Uh, Lola was the company that they first started working with. And not even Lola itself, but their chief designer, Eric Bradley. Eric Bradley took this on as kind of a personal project to work with Ford, uh, to develop a Ford. And of course, it's not an American car. It's actually an English car. It was built and designed in England. It's cheaper to transport. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Uh, They didn't have the channel yet, but still. Right. Still easier. Just put it on the ferry and send it over. Yes. Uh, So the GT 101, which was the first car produced, was debuted on April 1st, 1964. And you could buy it for competitive use for 5,200 pounds. Huh. I have no idea what that costs in Liberty Bucks. Especially not back in that day. Right. There's too many conversions going on. Yeah, what's the conversion back in that time? (laughs) I'll assume it's like 30 grand today. I mean, this is all before the Euro. Who fucking knows? Who knows? (laughs) Yes. Its first race uh, was the 1,000-kilometer race at the Nürburgring. Please tell me you guys have heard the Nürburgring. I know that. No. You know that. Of course, you've played Gran Turismo. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. (laughs) 
Huh? No. Yeah? Mm, right? Part of it. Okay. All right. Cars take me places. That's where it ends. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> that, seems, that seems oddly emotional. <laughs> it really does. That's like, <laughs> that's an okay marketing campaign. <laughs> right. Cars take me places. <laughs> but if you had Matthew McConaughey saying it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that works. S- sell them by the bucket. Yeah. <laughs> Cars take me places. Yes. yes. All right, that's all right, true. all right. <laughs> that's a fact. <laughs> and unfortunately, in that first race at the Nürburgring. Uh, it blew up? Yeah. Oh, it did? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it failed to finish. Oh. And that is uh, something that becomes a bit of a theme uh, throughout this entire saga is failure. Abject failure. Neat. Yes. Uh, on the side of Ford? I'm just making sure I'm following. On Ford, and uh, we'll get to Ferrari as well. Because uh, 1965 is a very interesting race. Did, did one actually go airborne after it hit like 170 or something? That wouldn't surprise me, and I think that might be where the gurney flap came into play uh, for additional downforce. Uh, Dennis, I assume you know about the gurney flap. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand physics. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was it was a whole mess. Uh Ferrari, uh, a little bit of a backstory, had won Le Mans from 1959 onward, so they had a hot streak going on like nobody's business. They're the New England Patriots of racing. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, them all the time. Uh, so after 1964, uh, Lola and Eric Bradley got kicked off the project, and they brought in uh, Carroll Shelby, the man, the myth, the legend, the chicken farmer from East Texas. If you've heard at least of a Shelby yeah, GT yeah. Mustang, okay, okay, yeah. right. just from you know old men talking, right? About exactly, like, yeah. Yeah. The cars yeah, yeah. that they want. And, yes, yeah. old old guy, have. yeah, old guys bust nuts over yeah. Shelby Mustang. So yeah. yeah, although personally, I would take a 427 Cobra, uh, yeah. Shelby yeah. Cobra. Okay, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are you salivating, Adam? Dude, this is, like, this is a good time. I'm having fun with this. He's like drooling. I'm having fun with this. January 11th, 1923 in Leesburg, Texas, Carroll Shelby was born. He joined the Air Force until the end of World War II. Then he moved to Dallas where he opened himself up a dump truck business. And then famously, as previously mentioned, he became a chicken farmer. Uh, his first batch netted him $5,000 of profit. So he tried to do it again, and all of his chickens died of disease. (laughs) So that kind of put him in dire straits. Hey, honey, I think I figured something out. Nope, all dead. (laughs) Nope, fucked it up. Never mind. (laughs) So that happened, uh, and in 1952, he decided to chase his true passion, which was auto racing. Uh, He had some some success, uh, and eventually he hooked up with Aston Martin, uh, the English racing company and car company. He had some success all the way up until 19. where he had to uh, finish his racing career due to a cardiovascular issue at the ripe old age of 37. Hmm. Uh, They said his old ticker couldn't take it anymore, so he had to step out of the driver's seat. What does he do after that? He gets out of the driver's seat, and he starts designing the driver's seat. So in 1962, he starts working with uh, the British car company AC, uh, working with them and Ford. Uh, AC had a small little uh, British roadster called the Ace. Uh, the little AC Ace was brought over to America where there was a Ford uh, 289 V8 that was stuffed into it, and that became the first iteration of the Shelby Cobra, uh, one of the greatest cars of all time, period. I will hear no other arguments. <laughs> <laughs> Hold up a sign. Fight me. Dot, dot, dot. Right. Sing exactly. <laughs> if you want to get beat up by an old man, go to a car show. <laughs> And yell that the 427 Cobra was overrated. (laughs) You will get hit with walkers and tennis balls. Shelby was a pussy. (laughs) They beat my legs like Linguini. (laughs) 
And that is where he first hooked up with Ken Miles. He is one of the other major characters in Ford versus Ferrari. That is, of course, Batman. Christian Bale. Yes, mm. yes. He is a, a British racer. He helped develop the 427 Cobra, and he actually gave Carroll Shelby his first win in the Cobra. Uh, and with that win and that protege, or not protege, but that, uh, that prominence helped him work with Ford directly to develop some additional vehicles, such as the Ford Mustang GT350, the GT500, the GT500KR, and the GT350H. Now, I will give... Steve, a dollar, if you can tell me what the KR stands for. And Brian, I will give you a dollar if you can tell me what the H stands for. Kenny Ross. No. (laughs) No, it actually stood for King of the Road. Ah. Yes. Ah. Now, Brian, I will turn to you. The GT350H. Do you know what the H stands for? I do not, but I'll take a guess. Is highway? No. (laughs) I will open up the floor. Dennis, do you have an idea what the H stands for? Hudson. No. Steve, your last chance. Ham sandwich. No. Ooh, no. Damn it. it actually stands for Hertz. Hertz. Donuts? As in Hertz rental car, because they actually developed a rental car. Huh. For Hertz, that was a GT350. Huh. Okay. It was black and yellow, wasn't it? Uh, it was black and gold, yes. Black and gold, yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, so, unfortunately... The Carroll Shelby Ford Alliance ended in 1969. This simply, uh, sales were starting to go down. Uh, Ford was looking to go in a different direction. And just a little, little information of what had happened with Carroll Shelby. Now, back to Le Mans. We're going to go to 1965, which was the last win by Ferrari ever. Take that, I ties. That, no. <laughs> no. No. Oh, no. Okay. Now, you had mentioned earlier... Uh, that uh, it seemed like there was a lot of mechanical issues that were happening. That happened a lot in 1965. Ford, a little pissed off about what happened in 64, decided they were going to bring the wood, and so they brought 11 cars to the race. They were going to have 11 cars that were either Ford cars or powered by Ford power plants. Ferrari, being the type of people that they are, said, well, we're bringing 12. <laughs> so they had the one upper. Yes, at least I'd say about half the field was either Ford or Ferrari. Now, what had happened was Ford actually started to win. Uh, the first three or four hours, everything was good until it wasn't. Uh, what happened was they were having a lot of issues with their head gaskets, their gearboxes, uh, crankshaft. They broke a crankshaft, which, if you know anything about cars, that's very difficult to do because that's like one of the toughest pieces in the motor because it's solid steel oh damn solid steel about the size of your forearm ferrari was having similar issues as well all of their factory cars had uh, crapped out fortunately for ferrari unfortunately for ford was there were still some privateers uh some groups that were running on their own dime uh and one of them was nart nart stands for the north american racing team and they were running ferraris and they actually won in 65 uh so the last win by ferrari was not actually by a ferrari team it was by a bunch of an american privateers that said yeah we'll bring one over we'll bunch see of what traitors. happens yes <laughs> bunch of benedict Arnold. and what was interesting was during the race after all the factory cars had crapped out uh, Ferrari moved all of their factory banners, all the you know nomenclature and everything like that over to the privateers pits. So that way, when they won, it looked like it was a factory car that actually won. Mm. It was more marketing, more of that shit. Oh, genius on their part. Yes, uh, there was one small consolation. Ford did set the fastest lap throughout the entire race in '65, so they knew that they had something. 
and they had it in 66. Would you like to know more? You're yeah. damn right you do. <laughs> You're damn right you do, Brian. And in 1966, where we have the Ford versus Ferrari uh, movie taking place, where you have Batman and Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> they finally conquered the beast, and they had a one, two, three finish at Le Mans. It had uh, not happened in quite some time. What was interesting was last year. In 65, Ford had brought 11 cars. This year, they brought 13. In 65, Ferrari had brought 12. This year, they brought 14. And they had a new car as well. They had the 330 P3. That was a new iteration to go against the uh, Ford GT40. This is now the Mark IV that they brought out. Uh, it was actually one of two races that the car ever ran. They ran at Sebring, and they ran at Le Mans. That was it. After that, it was regulated out. The engine was too big. So it only ran one year, 66. And a very, very pretty car, I'll, I'll say that. They finally got it. Shelby took first place. Uh, Bruce McLaren and Chris Amon were the winning drivers. Bruce McLaren, a Kiwi, as a matter of fact. I didn't know that. And also did I not know that. But Bruce McLaren was the, uh, the founder of McLaren, of McLaren. The cars. <laughs> I had no idea. They were very popular in the game Need for Speed 2. Yeah, they're no, very popular I mean, I today. I know about I don't yeah. know if they're very popular today. They're sort of popular. If today. you know what you're looking for, they're very popular. Aren't they ridiculously expensive? Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. They also make their way into uh, pop culture <laughs> oh, yeah. in the early 2000s. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, actually, I'll even go a little bit further back into the mid-90s with the F1. Mm. Uh, did you know that uh, Mr. Bean had one? No. And he drove the shit out of it. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, he put like 50,000 miles on it in like five years. It was fantastic. Uh, in second place, you had Ken Miles and then Holmey. What was interesting with that was Ken Miles was actually going for the triple crown of endurance racing that year, which was Le Mans, Daytona, and Sebring. The problem was uh, the head honchos at Ford wanted to have that one, two, three finish. They wanted to have all three cars come across the line at the same time. Ken didn't appreciate that. He thought that he should have won outright. So in a bit of a protest, at the very last second, he let off the gas and let the other car win. I, I don't know what that proved, but it did. So fuck you, that's what it is. Right, right. <laughs> and the, uh, the third place car was not actually a car developed by Shelby. It was actually by Holman and Moody. They're much more of a NASCAR-based company and team, uh, but they helped out as well. So they came in in third place, 12 laps down. Yeah, uh, first and second place were on the same lap, but third place was 12 laps down. That's 30-some miles wow. behind. Jeez. Yeah. They continued to uh, to win, 66, 67, 68, and 69. I did want to talk about 1968 a little bit. So 1968, the best week in racing. Okay. For Dan Gurney. Dan Gurney, in one week, won the Formula One race at Spa, which is in Belgium. Uh-huh. He won the 24-hour in Le Mans, and he also started a racing tradition that still happens today. After he won it at 24-hour Le Mans, he got so excited, he was up on the podium, and he took his ceremonial bottle of champagne and sprayed everybody. And everybody got a little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> and everybody got a little bit of the bubbly, just like you were talking about earlier. From La Champion. Yes. 
So that is where that tradition came from in motorsports was Dan Gurney. In 1970, Porsche started their dominance. Um, that's when you see Porsche coming through. You see Audi coming through. Uh, a lot of the, the other German companies start to dominate. Uh, and America never really competes for uh, the overall win again. But you wanted... I know you wanted, I saw it in your face, that you wanted a Pittsburgh connection back to all of this. Yes. I do want that. That would help a audience. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. Tell you more. So in 2016, Ford decided they were bringing back the GT and going to Le Mans. Okay. And they hooked up with Chip Ganassi Racing. Okay. Chip Ganassi is a native of Pittsburgh. Oh. He Does he work at Kenny Ross? No. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> he could just go in and buy Kenny Ross. Fair. Not the dealership, <laughs> the <person>. Kenny Ross. <laughs> I'll take it. Take what? You. You. Get in the truck. Scout. <laughs> yes, he is a native of Pittsburgh. He has a degree from Duquesne. Uh, he is considered one of the most successful race team owners in the world. His teams have won the Indy 500, the Daytona 500, the Brickyard 400, the Rolex 24 Hours at Daytona, the 12 Hours of Sebring, and of course the 24 Hour Le Mans. That was with the Ford GT in 2016. So yes, I said America has never won overall at Le Mans, but they do have class wins, hence the 2016 Ford GT. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Pittsburgh champion. Yeah. La champion. We back in it. That's right. <laughs> That's it. Okay. That's all. Damn. I could say a lot more. I'm sure you could. Did you... <laughs> Already know this predating I, this. He knew a good episode. amount of it. I had to write some of it down. I had to get an insane amount of knowledge. There's more. Like for that topic. <laughs> I'm just saying this is, but this is why it's an Adam episode right. because he very rarely gets the. That's his big birth uh, of knowledge. You right. know? He was so happy. <laughs> right. If he had a tail, it would have been wagon. Listen, <laughs> the amount of horror films I have to slog through on this show. You don't have to slog through any. You don't watch anything I talk about. Yeah. The fuck are you talking about? I don't want to. <laughs> Yeah, you don't watch any horror films I talk about. Are they still selling production GT40? They are not, no. Uh, they were done building them in 2017, I believe. John Cena owns one. Yeah, he does. Well, he did. He sold it, Right, I should say. But he, for about, what, 250 I, he, he bought it, and then I think he immediately turned it around for a profit. I think he sold his for like 400000 or something like that. Yeah. Some obnoxious oh, number. Damn. It's Some... really not that obnoxious, though, considering what cars are nowadays. I can't afford one. No, you can't afford one, but considering cars go for $2 million yeah. for just like a Bugatti, you know, like, of course, that's not that terrible. Now, that's a good question. Is What's there any that? reason why cars like that are as expensive as they are? Or is it literally just a branding? Because idiots will buy them. Yeah, it that's so literally it. Like, they go fast. Yeah. That's yeah. all auto racing is, is dick swinging. Like, wasn't the GT running on a six-cylinder? The last iteration was uh, built on a 3.5-liter V6 EcoBoost. Yeah. Twin turbo. Yeah, so it's not like you were even paying for a V8 or a V12 right. like mm -hmm. you do with some of the bigger end cars. If you're buying, like, a Bugatti Veyron, I believe that one's a 12-cylinder. That is a 12-cylinder. Yes. So you're paying for a very specific engine. Right. Mm -hmm. Among other things. <laughs> and they have to tear half the car apart to do an oil change. Right. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. And speaking of oil changes, this old yeah. engine oil, this black ale <laughs> by Harvestoon. Harvestoon? Harvestoon. I don't know. It's got a neat little Harvestoon. It's got a neat little mouse on it. Yeah, it does. I didn't notice that mouse yeah, it's before. actually kind of cool. Harvestoon out of Scotland. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Steve? 
I liked it better than the first beer. <laughs> okay. But yeah, overall, I think it's pretty decent beer. Uh, not something I would drink a whole lot of because that has a powerful roasty flavor to it. It uh, yeah, it could wear on you, and it'll burn your palate out pretty quick. Mm-hmm. So you're saying it having it as the second beer. <laughs> yeah, having it as the second beer might not have been the best thing, but we didn't know that was going to happen. <laughs> no, <so. laughs> no. I mean, the description on it doesn't match up with right. the right. punch in the face. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a bit much on the roast. Uh, I like the idea of hooking it up with some ice cream. Now that I've kind of thought about it a little bit more, I think that's a good way to go. If I were to do this again, I don't know that I would, though. I liked it. Um, way better than the first beer, that's for sure. The <laughs> roastiness is a bit much, but after you know, maybe two or three of them, that would be enough for tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Time to move on. And I think it would be a good beer to cook with as well. It's, it's a decent beer, but I think this beer has a better place in either a pairing um, like we talked about earlier with either ice cream or I think a chef can have fun with this, not necessarily using it to cook with, although I think that's a great use of it, uh, but actually figuring out what meal this might balance with yeah. and work with, I think would be fun because it brings a lot of flavor on its own. So I'm eager to see what can I eat with it. You could eat anything with it. <laughs> I mean, that's true. But what it's it's a matter of what can you taste with it. <laughs> right. What are you going to enjoy with it? Honestly, yeah. we I recently did a uh, cheese and beer pairing. Um, we got a local cheesemonger who's won international beer pairing awards. We've done some stuff uh, with her, with Julia, and I think she can have fun with this beer. There's a lot of sweeter cheeses out there that I think would mm-hmm. just make this phenomenal. That makes perfect sense why there's a mouse on the on the bottle now. Oh, yes. shit. That good with some cheese. It's all coming huh. together. He knew it. He's hanging out on that bottle. He's like... That mouse is fat, dumb, and happy. It's <laughs> a garage mouse. That it is. All right, we'll be back with segment three. Welcome back, Hop Nation. It is the white flag. We only got one lap left to take here. That means we only got one beer left here on our motorsports special. And finally... We have ourselves a local beer, and this is a beer that we've never had on the show before. We've never had the brewery on the show before, and quite honestly, I had never been there until a few days ago, but I was able to go there, enjoy, talk with the folks there, good people. Headley's Brewing there in Heidelberg. Uh, If you're familiar with Insurrection, they're about a block and a half down the street. Check them out. Okay, in and about the area. Yeah, yeah. It's It's not even a walk. It's a stroll. Oh. Yeah. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. Let's do a stroll. Yeah. Yes. And the beer that we're going to try is the Heidelberg Racetrack Red. Oh, man. Oh. Yes. Oh, it's a so red ale. Did you find that like beer name online and then went there, or was it just... No. What, well, what happened happy was... coincidence. I was kind of a happy coincidence, because I, I knew of Headley's, and I... I wanted to go there, and then I was, I don't remember why I, I was talking with some friends about it, and I was looking through it, and I saw they had the Heidelberg Racetrack. I was like, oh, that'd be perfect. Oh, great. All right. That's my reason to go there. Yeah. Boom. Done. Cool. I like it. And now here we are. And now here we are. You're all caught up. I'm all caught up. Yes. 5.9% ABV. Uh, the Heidelberg Racetrack Red is named after the uh, half-mile dirt track that saw some racing action in the late 40s, early 50s. Originally, it was a horse track. Uh, then it turned into a an auto track. Hmm. They got rid of the horse, brought in the horse power. What, what replaced the horse? <laughs> yes. Many, much more horses. 
All the horses. Only the hood. <laughs> now, how in the fuck is evolution supposed to be real if you tell me that we have horsepower, but there's still horses? <laughs> I don't. I don't even know how you respond. To I don't think I can, and I don't think I will. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> it was just so quiet, and Steve yelled. And just brought it in. <laughs> Crystal malts, Cascade hops, Anthem hops. Should be smooth. Should be malty. Should be delicious. Hmm, I'm excited. I love reds. All right, let's make this happen. I have an entire growler, so we're gonna have some fun. All right, so I was successful in pouring that giant growler into the tiny little tasting glasses. Yes, you were. You did a good job. Only like eight drops. Yeah. So I was good with that. Uh, so taking a look at this, uh, this is uh, rather dark on the uh, the red scale. Yeah, this is I'll a real, real deep red. Mm-hmm. And it shoots past amber. <laughs> it does. It does. Uh, and it approaches brown. But it still has that good red tinge yeah, to it. There's yeah, definitely, definitely a lot of a tinge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did they say what malts? Because I'm assuming there's a red rye. Crystal? Yeah, crystal malts. Already crystal malt? Oh, okay. Yep. Is there red rye in it? or It didn't say. Okay. Uh, I can ask them later. Okay. I'm just taking a hard guess because it, it maintains that good red tinge to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the nose, nice and malty. Super malty. Mm-hmm. Again, makes sense. Yeah. Reds are typically more malt than hot. Yes. Except for who, who makes the one that's really... It's red, but it's really fucking hoppy, because I love it. That's the one I love. I don't know, because I would probably avoid it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've had it, too, and you don't like it. Oh, all right. Well, Somebody get back at us. Yeah. <laughs> USA at gmail.com. <laughs> what's, what's the really hoppy red ale that I like that Adam hates? You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, Steve, you literally described every really hoppy red ale. You like it, yep. Adam hates it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, hey, that also is probably true. Yeah. <laughs> is, it the, uh, is it the Brewdog Squid uh, Assassin? I don't know that I've had that one. No, we had that on the show. <laughs> well, then that shows how forgettable it was. Yeah. It, well, it wasn't forgettable because it's hoppy, and it's. I right. think it's a red ale. But anyway. And red ales that we have right in front of us, the Heidelberg Racetrack Red. I'm going to take a swig right now. Not quite as malty as I was expecting, what I had on the nose. Yeah. It's, it's good, though. Mm-hmm. It's balanced really well. Yeah. yeah. What, did you, what did you say ABV was on this? It was like 5.8. Super approachable, super mm-hmm. balanced. It doesn't crush it on the front end with the malt. And sometimes with a hoppy red ale, I find the uh, the hops in the back end, they end up with more of a dry finish. And it kind of mm-hmm. just sticks on me. Where this, I could crush, yeah. crush yeah. pints of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think this one's necessarily meant to be hoppy. I was just going on a rant about mm. hoppy reds. He's just <laughs> going off. Old man yells at cloud. Yeah. <laughs> but I... Uh, yeah, just like Dennis and Brian already said, it's really well balanced and it does have a nice kind of refreshing back end. It right. doesn't mm-hmm. it's yeah. not dry and it doesn't have like a bitter resinous back end. So let us continue to drink and enjoy it cuz it's quiz time. You guys thought you're getting out of this easy. Now you're getting put in the spotlight. It's time. Are you guys ready for the quiz? Yeah. Same uh same setup we have had in the past. Uh these are all multiple choice. Yes. Uh you have an opportunity to answer uh, without any options, you get two points. If you can't figure it out and you want the options and you get it, you get one point. It's pretty darn easy. Yep. Yeah. If we miss it, it will go to the next person. Yeah. And they get a chance to steal. Yes, exactly. Sam's so. the rules. <laughs> <laughs> the rules of life. Yeah. I don't know how many episodes it took, but we finally got the rules down to yeah. the <laughs> quizzes. <laughs> 
Brian and Dennis, you guys are our guests. I'll let you figure out between the two of you which one wants to go first. You can go first, Brian. All right. All right, Brian, I'll give you the first question. Are you ready? I am ready. Which vehicle from pop culture maintains its true international racing colors? You're going to need the... Yeah, multiple choices. All right. Your multiple choices are James Bond's Aston Martin DB5, Speed Racer's Mach 5, the General Lee from Dukes of Hazard, or B.A. Baracus's A-Team van? I'm going to go with A. You're going with James Bond's Aston Martin DB5? Incorrect. Oh. Incorrect. Steve, would you like to steal? Well, I would like to steal, but I don't know that I can. I'll try. <laughs> okay. Wait, is this uh, imaginary racing? No, no. Well, <laughs> no, this, see, this, is go, this is going back. I, I think we might have had to have paid attention in segment two. Yeah. But this is going back to when Adam was talking about how red is the international racing color for Ferrari. Correct. So the Aston Martin, that would be silver. Correct. And that's not correct for Britain, though. Right. So, um, uh, I'm going to go with the General Lee. You are wrong. Damn it. Yeah. All right. Oh. Dennis, your last two yes. options are Speed Racers Mach 5 or B.A. Baracus's A-Team Van. Purely emotional decision. I want to choose B.A. Baracus. <laughs> You can go ahead and do that and be wrong. Damn it. <laughs> Shit. I yes. knew that was going to be wrong. Uh, it was. Uh, Speed Racers Mach 5 is a white car with a red meatball on the side, yeah. which is synonymous with Japanese racing cars. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, I feel yes. like that B.A. Baracus, you threw that in there as a trap for me. <laughs> no, I just really like the 18. <laughs> <laughs> Love the 18. Uh, so... <clears throat> To expand on that just a little bit, some other famous racing colors is, uh, Steve, you had talked about uh, Britain. Uh, British racing green yeah, is what you would expect there. The silver is usually synonymous with the German cars. Okay. Uh, and, which is interesting because originally they were white, um, but then I believe it was Audi uh, started working with the silver arrows, and they painted their cars silver, so that became the German color. Uh, America is white with blue racing stripes. Mm. French or blue? <laughs> there you go. It's amazing that what the different colors different countries have. I mean, they get into like different colored hoods and different colored mm. wheels. It's it's ridiculous. That's when you get into like Trinidad and Tobago racing. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, the the race car for Egypt is like some weird conglomeration of colors. It's it's like a giant cross on the hood. It's ridiculous. Hmm. Neat. Steve, are you ready for your question? Yeah, no. But okay. I'll go. I had mentioned that this is a big weekend for racing. So we're not just talking about European endurance racing. Yeah. We're going to get a little bit into NHRA, the National Hot Rod Association. We're yeah. going drag racing. Sure. How far <laughs> does a nitro fueled top fuel dragster race in a standard run? Quarter mile. That's your final answer? Yeah. You don't want them options? No, I don't care. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm not going to know it anyway. <laughs> You're going with a quarter mile? Yeah. You're wrong. Okay. Okay. I just I'll went with Vin Diesel. I don't want answers. I will go half a mile. Wrong. Brian, do you actually want to try? I wasn't going to know anyway. I just went with Vin Diesel feet. in my heart. What's that? 1,500 feet. Incorrect. Let me give you the choices. Uh, <laughs> should, should we just run the run? Want to do another lap with the choices? <laughs> wow. Your oh. choices are 660 feet. 
1,320 feet, 1,000 feet, huh. or 1,500 feet. Oh, well, well we this... know which one it isn't. <laughs> right. I'm going to go 1,330 feet. 1,320? Whatever. Yeah. You mean a quarter mile, the one you picked already? Oh, is that what that is? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> the correct answer is 1,000 feet. Oh. It was changed about 10 years ago. It used to be a quarter oh, mile. Oh, that's why. I haven't kept up with it since <laughs> See? 2002. <laughs> See, you're also stuck See? in that early 2000s pop culture bubble. Sad. Just sad. <laughs> I, f- I fell out with Hot Rod Racing in 2002. I don't know anymore. <laughs> You guys are terrible at this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just awful. Yeah. You just have a particular set of skills that no one else has. <laughs> Welcome to my side of the table <laughs> when nobody knows my damn movie references. <laughs> <laughs> Steve mentions like 1949 indie film movies. <laughs> right. Yeah. That was indie made films in. might not even been around back then. I don't know when they started. Belgium I mean, or they, something. They, weren't, they just weren't called indie films. It was yeah. just a guy that had a camera. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis, are you ready for your yeah, question? I'm going to knock this out of the park. Your question first. is, which manufacturer has never had an overall win at Le Mans? Yeah, give me them options. Your options are Mazda, Toyota, Subaru, or Bentley? Bentley. That's they're, what you're going with? Yeah, they're more luxury. Incorrect. Uh, I, don't, I know nothing. <laughs> Brian, your options again are Mazda, Toyota, or Subaru? I'm going to go Subaru. Correct. We finally got somebody on the board. Thank God. <laughs> I really thought Bentley was only for high-end luxury. I uh, no, they, they have actually, actually been in, involved in racing for quite some time. They were actually some of the first winners of Le Mans back in the 1920s. Hmm. Yep. There you go. <laughs> Did Rolls-Royce ever win a Le Mans? No. All right, ah, well, they're the same thought process. I know. That's the same yeah. thought process. Huh. But I know at some point they did produce like a 12... Uh, they did produce a 12-cylinder engine very early on. Mm. It looked like a big cigar. Ooh. The car was stupid. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but it was very powerful for the time. <laughs> Is that true, Adam? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Alfa Romeo made one bigger. Mm. It's, like, it's like a... It's ridiculous. I'll show you videos. Mm. So, Brian, are you ready? Sure. Okay. Uh, we've talked uh, European endurance racing. We've talked NHRA, but we have not talked NASCAR, which is having their championship weekend this weekend. Your question is, what beer has never been a primary sponsor on a NASCAR race car? I'm still light. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like your options? Yeah. Your options are Yingling Light, Dale's Pale Ale, Natter days or Shiner? Oh, Take a Shiner. You are correct. Damn it. I actually knew that one. Yeah, I felt like. <laughs> I actually knew the one about beer. <laughs> Damn it. Shiner would have been one of my guesses. I mean, I didn't know Dale's pale. Yeah, was. I knew Dale's yeah. was. I knew yeah. Dale's had been on. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's kind of cool, though. Steve, are you it's ready? kind of like racing looking can and all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. All right. We have talked previously on the escapades of Enzo Ferrari, Uh and this is not the first time that Enzo Ferrari has pissed someone off. Yeah. (laughs) What car manufacturer was started to rub it in the face of Ferrari? Lamborghini. Two points to Steve. That one. Very nice. I watched one episode of Top Gear, and it had that information. Two points for Steve. You just put down one point. No, it's got two points. All right, Dennis, are you ready? Yeah. 
All right, your question is, both Ford and Ferrari have established long winning streaks at Le Mans. However, what car company holds the record for most consecutive wins? Between the two, or are you going to give me a list of companies? There's there's a list of companies. Oh, yeah, you don't it. have to that. get the list. You Steve want it? made it look so cool. <laughs> yeah, give me that list. <laughs> okay. <laughs> your options are Audi, Alpine, McLaren, or Porsche. So which one has the most wins out of all of them? Most consecutive wins. Who has the longest win streak? Porsche. You are absolutely correct. Yeah. Although I wanted to dock a half a point because he called it Porsche. Porsche, I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> I'll never have one because I'm not fitting in them. <laughs> no, hard hard disagree. You think? Yeah, there's yeah. a couple Porsches you can fit in. Yeah. Not Panamera. Because I look at them. Yeah. They make, they make <laughs> yeah, the Panamera. Dude, the Panamera. You got it. You physically have gotten in. I haven't physically gotten into it. I just know I can't. All right. When that happens, I've seen. I've me. seen <laughs> other. I've seen other tall people drive yeah, Panameros. Yeah. So. Huh. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, all the ones I ever like see in real life, it's they're so compact. Yeah. Like you and I will probably never do a 911. Yeah. But <laughs> is that one of the most common Porsches? Yes. Porsches. Yes. That is. That is the. That's yeah. When you think Porsche, you think 911. Hmm. Yeah. There's more room than you think in them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brian, you ready? Mm-hmm. All right. We're going back to the drag strip. We're going back to the quarter mile, if it's not a nitro car. Which NHRA driver has the record for most titles? Would you like options? Please. Your options are John Force, Kenny Bernstein, Bob Glidden, or Shirley Muldowney? You have a D. Shirley Muldowney? Incorrect. Incorrect. She only had three titles. Steve. Which one would you like to go with? John Force, Kenny Bernstein, or Bob Glidden? Uh, John Force is a cool name, but I'm going to go with Bernstein. Incorrect. Damn it. Dennis, you got a 50-50 shot. All right, give me them options. You got John Force and you got Bob Glidden. Bob, for sure. You're going Bob Glidden? Yeah, without doubt, in my mind. I feel it in my soul. <laughs> nope, you're wrong. Uh, I don't it's John have Force. Ah, damn it. The guy with the cool name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. You guys, you guys don't... Don't uh, don't watch that very often, do you? Nope. No. Steve, I'll make it real easy for you. Hooray. True, false. Oh, okay. I won't even give you the options. Yeah. True or false, Jaguar has won a NASCAR race. Ooh. See, now I know the British is green because the Jaguars are famously green. <laughs> that's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I know. So... A NASCAR race, a Jaguar. I'm betting it's something that happened in something stupid like the 50s, so I'm going to say yes. That is absolutely correct. Huh. All right. What ha- happened? When did it happen? Uh, 1950s. Oh, okay. No way. <laughs> it, no, it just sounds like when something stupid like that would happen, right. when there wasn't a lot of car companies around. Mm-hmm. It happened in Linden, New Jersey, uh, and it was the first road course that was run by NASCAR. <laughs> so is Jaguar not a good car manufacturer? No, they just, they're, they don't participate in NASCAR. Oh, yeah, they're, no, they're, they're a British car company. So Right. Oh, okay. I yeah, yeah. It now. <laughs> yeah, it's a British car company, so that's why you don't really see it that often, because it's all Chevys and Toyotas and shit like that now. Yeah. All American-made. Well, no, no Toyota. Toyota. Nope, not Toyota. Toyota. <laughs> no, Toyotas are American-made. Yeah. They're made in America. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's mm. like... <laughs> it's a whole... that long. <laughs> right. Dennis, your last question. Shit. Which of the following is a legitimate flag in NASCAR racing? Is it a blue flag with a yellow stripe? These are like 
for representing different segments of the race or something? Correct. I mean, you're familiar with a, a green flag and a checkered flag and all that stuff. Only the checkered flag. Okay, well, the green one is what starts the race. The checkered flag is the one that ends the race. Green means go. Green means go. <laughs> yes. I could make this way easier then. <laughs> so which is a legitimate flag? A blue flag with a yellow stripe. An orange flag with a red stripe. A purple flag with a red star. Or finally, a white flag with a purple ball. That's so, they're all dumb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the purple one with a star? Nope. Oh, I was asking, was that... Oh, one well, then I guess you're down to three. <laughs> All right, good. My plan worked perfectly. <laughs> now do it uh, two more times, and you'll get there. <laughs> the, what was that last one? White well, you already, with the ball? No, the white with the ball. What was it? Oh, white oh flag a, a white flag with a purple ball. Yeah, that one. No. Okay, fuck. No clue. Then. All right. Brian? I'm going to go with blue, yellow, stripe. Correct. Fuck. Correct. Now, the for... What do those other ones mean? Well, that's, that's, that's the bonus points here. Oh. So... And this is a, an open-ended question. What does that flag mean? <laughs> what, the blue one? A blue flag with a yellow stripe. Mm. So for all the marbles, what does that flag mean? Dennis, I'll start with you. Ooh. Could you at least... Is it used in every single race? Yes. Fuck. Uh, that you're ha- midway through? No. Steve? I'm going to say it's the end of the pace car lap. Okay. No. Brian. Damn it. <laughs> You're using good words. Yeah, I know. I use my good words. <laughs> it sounded uncommon, but it does happen every race. I'm just guessing. I'm going to say uh, a delay, like weather delay. Incorrect. A blue flag with a yellow stripe is used to point to a slower car to get out of the way of a faster car. Oh. If it's in the way, and what I mean by that is if it is a car that is being lapped, or multiple laps down, or a piece of junk. Yeah, get out of the way. Yeah, yeah. I wish we, we could use, use a that. lot of those on overpasses. Yeah, that's what I was gonna yeah. say. We yeah. could definitely use that. <laughs> hey, you, cut it out! <laughs> get out of the way! Don't you see the yellow stripe? <laughs> get out of the way! He's, oh, he's going I, too slow. I guess technically that's called the right lane. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you should be in the left lane. Right. Yeah, I, I would assume in NASCAR it's on the inside track mm-hmm. that well, somebody's driving a slow right. piece of shit. And, Bottom line is get out of the way. Right. Yeah. We okay. could use people on the overpass though that yeah. <laughs> point at your oh, point at cars. Hey, get. Adam said, if I wave this flag, you're going to get out of the way. <laughs> yeah, so nobody won that one. That was. That I think was Brian awful. won that one. Uh, no, actually, Steve, you won. Oh, I did? Yeah, you, what? you won with a score of three. Hooray. Uh, Brian with a score of two, and yeah, Dennis we with stop there. one. <laughs> Dennis got one. <laughs> Look, you got hey, one. I'm happy I made it. Yeah. You did it. Really. Good job. <laughs> okay. Thanks, thanks, Top Gear, for that <laughs> yeah, one episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This Heidelberg racetrack red. Well, Headley's. What do you guys think? Headley's? Headley's? I'm not sure how it's pronounced. Okay. We'll ask oh. them about that later. Yes. Uh, you know, I thought it was a really well-balanced beer, and I liked it a bunch, and I guess I'll just have to go check them out now to find out what's going on down there Check out Heidelberg. Their, check out their porter. It's on point. Hmm. On point porter. Yeah. <laughs> Nicely done. Dennis, thoughts? I enjoy just sentimenting what steve said i liked it a lot it was very well balanced still providing some multi undertones and some flavor right on brian i liked it a lot it was well balanced easy drinking nice color good aroma 
good beer. Yeah, just good beer. Good, solid drinker. That's all you need in a beer sometimes, and they delivered 100%. I'm glad I have that growler in my fridge. For okay. now. Cause For, now. Oh. <laughs> For now. I feel like I'm going to get beat up after I hit the stop button. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> Considering how bad you made us feel about our non Sports car knowledge. <laughs> I realize I know not, well. I know one point of things. Yes, we don't know shit about them go fast machines, so we're going to take your beer. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, it's time to put them on the podium. The podium. The podium. Brian, would you like to go first? You're a guest here. Sure thing. All right. All right. Um, for my bronze, I'm going to go with the uh, garage beer. Um, just not a whole lot going on with that thing. Um, couple notches above water i guess <laughs> uh, for my silver on the go with the old engine oil um good beer nice roasty flavor easy to drinking and for my gold i'm gonna go with the racetrack red yes racetrack red as we just got done saying well balanced nice color good flavor easy drinker right on steve what um, you got? Uh, same as brian <laughs> same reasons yeah pretty much garage beer they did it right for what they're <laughs> shooting for but yuck okay <laughs> uh old engine oil hey i would drink i would drink it again and i do like it it's just that it would wear on me quicker than the racetrack red does the racetrack red i can drink a shitload of that mm -hmm. so yeah that's why racetrack red wins hmm. it takes the checker flag yeah. <laughs> no such it uh, well, I'm going to deviate a little bit here, Adam. So Ooh. going in bronze, it's going to be our Scottish import, uh, the Old Engine Oil. It was a solid beer, a little too much on the roast. Uh, whenever I have a beer, I don't want to have to do too much homework to figure out what I want to drink it with. So for that reason, it's going to be in the bronze category. Coming in at silver is going to be the premium lager garage beer. It's a solid lager. It gives me what I'm looking for whenever I want a crispy boy beer just basically yellow fizzy water but sometimes i'm in the mood for that uh so very well done there coming in at silver and gold is going to be our heidelberg headley brewings racetrack red i enjoyed that one a lot like i said before it gives that multi undertones a little bit a, a just enough of a hop uh, backbone on there for me to like it but it's still clean crisp and refreshing gold gold and gold. dennis i will completely agree with you uh on your rankings old engine oil goes in the bronze that was a that was a roasty beer <laughs> that was that was too roasty for me i i, I would use it in my cooking mm. but i wouldn't use it in my drinking uh silver goes to the garage beer uh yeah it's it's straightforward it's a premium lager it's for drinking it's for you know piddling around in the garage. That's exactly what it's what it's labeled as. That's exactly what you're gonna use it for. They called their shot and they hit it. Uh, it's just straightforward. Uh, Heedleys, they get the big check. Uh, you know they get to go drinking beer afterwards. They won this race. They get the gold medal position. Good beer. Good drinker. Good people. I'm going back again. Right on. That's it. Hey. I mean, it sounds a little bit like we're being homers on this episode. No. <laughs> but it just, I don't know. That's just the way it is. Being the fact that we can differentiate the other two beers, I think that says enough. But yeah, yeah that red is just, it's good. Yeah. It's just it's, better. Yeah. It's just better than the other. It's crushable. <laughs> yeah. I apologize for nothing. Yeah. I don't apologize. I'm just trying to 
tell the audience we're not being homers, even though it sounds like we are. <laughs> but uh, yeah, with that in mind, though, uh, we will get into a bit of homerism in letting Dennis plug what's going on at First at Brewbox. Yeah. So we just wrapped up doing our uh, veterans collab where we pulled some Pittsburgh-owned veteran breweries together. And we, uh, so shout out to Couch Brewery and Burgers Brewing. We made a beer. It is a American lager, super delicious, crispy brew. Maybe that's why I'm digging lagers right now. Uh, but we got together. We made that beer for Veterans Day. So it's out right now in the wild. And it's benefiting the Veteran Leadership Program, which is a veteran charity. And we actually capture the spirit of that collaboration in our brew box. So head over to firstsipbrewbox.com and jump into the shop and you can subscribe and get one of the supporter veteran brew boxes where a portion of the proceeds go back to the VLP. That's what we got going on at First Hit Brew Box. Right on. Brian, do you have anything going on at Tap That Pittsburgh? Are you guys going to be featuring some homebrews anywhere? Nope, not till next year. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, until then, be on the lookout for Tap That Pittsburgh. They're, you know, That's Brian's homebrew group, him and his buddy. And you guys get together and you, ha- you, you make some pretty good beers. We, mm-hmm. We've talked about like them yeah. before on uh, previous episodes. So, yeah, Thank be you. on the lookout for them out in the wild. And if you want to find us, all you have to do is search Hob Nation USA on your favorite social media platform, including Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you want to listen to brand new episodes of the Hop Nation USA podcast every Friday, as you should, then just search Hop Nation USA on your favorite podcatcher, including Stitcher, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, let's see, Racecast, Castcast, Overcast, Snowcast, <laughs> Weathercast, uh, Ballooncast. Forecast, aircast, 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 armcast, legcast, Ferrari cast. <laughs> no, we can't afford to be on there. Okay, <laughs> but maybe one day, maybe this episode is the change. There it is. But if you're on any of those platforms, leave us a five star review because we are a six cylinder show, but they only let us use five. And that would throw your car off balance. <laughs> no, they make five cylinder cars. Did they? They still do. Ew. Audi makes one. Oh, the RS3. It's a five pot weird is it when you can't decide between four and six i mean yeah you're not gonna do four and a half <laughs> weird i thought that just would throw off the balance no that's a thing oh they're german they could they, they know what well they would figure it out yeah, yeah. <laughs> they would take the time to figure it out mm-hmm. i just know I, i've lost a cylinder in a car before <laughs> and it sucks and it went bad so uh yeah but that is a bigger crime than you not buying our six star podcast t-shirt on tpublic.com because it's the holiday shopping season and you should go on tpublic.com slash user slash hop nation usa and look at all our fine merch original designs designed by me we'll get all your holiday shopping done in 20 minutes to your door mugs t-shirts stickers and magnets get them all if you pay enough money steve will show up and hand deliver it no, I won't, because it comes from TeePublic, and I don't work from them. <laughs> no, no, we'll figure that. If, hey, if they're cutting us checks for 50 grand, we'll figure that shit out. <laughs> if hey, for 50 grand, sure. If you buy enough merch, and then you email me and say, hey, I bought all this merch, I'll design a shirt for you. <laughs> I'll do that. All right. All right, I'm in with that. But you got to buy a good amount of merch, and I'm not telling you what the number is. <laughs> that way, they just keep buying merch until it happens. <laughs> Impress me. <laughs> yeah. Is this it? Yeah. No. Is this it? No. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's impress me. (laughs) 
But uh, yeah, that's it for this episode. And next week, we'll be coming to you live from Abjuration Brewing for their second year anniversary. Sort of. We're ahead of the schedule with them, but that's what we'll be talking about. Right. And among other things. So tune in for that episode next week. Anybody else have any last words? No. Nope. Well, I do, I've, I've, do I've one enough. shout out. So heading up to Boston uh, for a week starting next week. So if you guys and girls are anywhere out there in, in, or in, in depth in the craft beer scene in Boston, please shoot us an email at Dennis at First Hit Brew Box, and we will swing in and hang out with the brewery and see what we can do to uh, get them featured in a brew box. Oh, That's yeah, it. for sure. <laughs> We've got some listeners in the Massachusetts. Yeah. 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 We're taking over New England. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded like a declaration. <laughs> of independence? <laughs> mm, uh, <laughs> Make it new New England. <laughs> it's extra new. New England, too. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. Secret of the use. New England. <laughs> new England, too. Secret of the use. I don't know why. Bugs All right. Out. Yes. Bye.